You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. We had been talking about Ephesians 4. Verse 12, and I would like to continue along those lines. Praise the Lord. Spiritual growth is your responsibility. Hallelujah. Growing up spiritually is your responsibility. I like to say it, say it after me. Say, growing up spiritually is my responsibility. Glory to God. Um, I believe that when believers come to that place where they understand their own responsibilities in their faith work, it helps a great deal to make more progress. Hallelujah. All right. Now we've been reading the scripture and um, what is really important is for you to embrace the scripture and understand it. The earlier verse has said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some and pastors and teachers. Then verse 12 says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Are we together? For the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, it means that the ultimate aim is the edifying of the body of Christ. God is on a project on the earth, building up his church. Hallelujah. And all of us here are part of the church and part of the building process. Hallelujah. We have a role to play in that. So I'll be talking and applying, um, talking about how it applies to us in the now, in our day-to-day activities, in how we live, how we work, how we raise our families, how we do business, and so on and so forth. Glory to God. Now, um, let me start by saying this. There are certain situations that will not change in your life until you grow. Hallelujah. Are we together? Let me put it another way. There are some problems that only growth can solve. Are we together? There are some challenges that only growth tackles them. There's nothing else that will tackle it. Only growth. You you outgrow them. You outgrow them. Hallelujah. It's just like somebody trying to say, and let me use a physical illustration. You know, when I was growing up living in my parents' house, there's a fridge we had in the house. And I remember that I couldn't see the top of the fridge. And then years down the line, I could now see the top of the fridge. Are you understanding me? 
That means that something has happened. Uh, you understand me? Between this and that. Now, if I am always complaining, I cannot see the top of this fridge. I cannot say, what's the cure? Growth. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, must I climb a chair every time to see the top of the fridge? Growth is a solution. So there are certain things that we go through that only growth can solve. Growth will solve. Because with growth comes a change in your lifestyle. It comes a change in your level of commitment. It comes a change in your consistency. Are we together? All of that comes with growth. All of that comes with growth. So I, I want to put a desire in your heart to grow. Hallelujah. Your pastor will have less stress if you grow. Amen. Did you hear me? The world will be a better place if you grow. You'll be a happier believer if you grow. So, your growth is for the benefits of the kingdom and your benefits too. Praise God. Your growth will benefit everybody. And now when we talk about growth, I want to just balance some things here. You know, sometimes um, we look at growth only from one perspective. Alright? We look at growth from one perspective. And it shouldn't be so. A child could have his hair growing. But nothing else is growing in his body. Are you understanding me? So you cannot say, well, 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 he's growing. No, his hair is growing. Amen. But he's not getting bigger. He's not adding weight. He's not getting taller. Are you understanding me? His hair is just getting longer. Are you listening to me? No, at the same time, if a child was growing and the hair wasn't growing, you would have complained. Eh, I don't know why this hair doesn't grow. Are we together? So, in the same way, spiritual growth is not a one-sided experience. You have to have a rounded experience in growing. Amen. Alright? So, I'll just mention a few things. First and foremost. Now, there are some people that know scriptures more than others. Knowing scriptures or being able to quote scriptures is not an ultimate Um, um, what do I call it? assessment for spiritual growth. Some people just have better memory. Are you understanding me? There are some people that can remember scriptures. It is natural. It's not supernatural. Are we together? It's natural. They remember things. Then there are some that remember scriptures and it's supernatural. You listen to me. So you can't just use that as a judge. Say, ah, because, you know, if you can call out small children here, they will even quote Psalm uh, 119. That's the longest Psalm, alright? From one maybe to the end. Does it mean they are more spiritually mature? No. They are able to commit more things to memory than you. Are we together? So, there are some people that are full of scriptures. They know scriptures. 
But you can't really say they've grown spiritually. Hallelujah. At the same time, you cannot grow without knowing scriptures. Amen. Are you getting where we're going to? There are some people that pray all the time. It doesn't mean they're spiritually mature. But at the same time, you cannot be spiritually mature without praying. Am I complicating? Satan is not afraid of your zeal. No. He's afraid of your growth. Amen. He's not afraid of your zeal. He has seen many zealous people end up in a certain way. I remember a, a, a movie I saw some time ago where um, they were training like a boot camp, training soldiers for war. And there was this guy that was just so excited that he's going to be going for war. He was so excited, you know, just, you know, so excited. And then, the first day they took them out to war, they were to land at the enemy camp from a, hel- a, hel- a helicopter, right? Uh, what was their military helicopters? And he was standing, waiting to jump. He now fell and just died. He didn't even fight the war. Just fell, broke his neck and died. He never fought the war. The way he was zealous, we were thinking he's the one that will come back. But he died without a bullet. They didn't shoot him. <laughs> Let's look at Romans 10 verse 1. Romans 10 1. My focus is verse 2, I believe. So, uh, Romans chapter 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Verse 2, which is, my, which is my focus. Good. So this is the focus now. Let's read together. I want to go. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Hallelujah. So tap your neighbor. See, zeal is not all. Zeal is important. Zeal is important. Zeal is very important. You need zeal to fuel you. But you need knowledge to direct you. If not, you are fueled with that direction, you have accident. Amen. Are you understanding me? So, zeal, he said here, I better record this Israelites have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. That means that something else is not complete. Something else is not there. What they're supposed to know is not there. And I'm going to come to knowledge in a short while. It's not there. So, someone could be passionate and still be immature. Amen. And God is not against you being passionate. You should be. But more than that, God wants the passion to move you to the place of growth. Amen. Are we together? Now, I, I, I've been around believers and uh, 
I know. In case maybe some of you here, there's all, everybody didn't get saved at the same time. So there's some of you that maybe just received Christ maybe three, two, three, four years ago. Um, it is possible to be saved and not grow. Amen. Let me just make you understand that it is possible. So I'm going to show you a scripture that proves that it is possible. And in that scripture, we're told how it should be avoided. Amen. Hebrews chapter 5. Let's look at verse 12. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Now, let's look at this scripture closely. He said, for when for the time... Let's read it together, please. One to go. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Did you see that? When for the time. That means by now, you are supposed to be helping others. Hallelujah. Are we together? But you have need that won't teach you again. That means they have taught you before. Listen, they've taught you before. Are we together? But it didn't produce the result it was meant to produce. Amen. So you have to be taught again. And what are you going to be taught? The first principles of the oracles of God. And you have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meats. Romans, uh, let's go to, let's go to Romans, Hebrews 4.1 first. Hebrews 4.1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, I want you to understand that entering that rest is also maturity. Amen. That rest I've taught you before is inheritance. Amen. Inheritance. Are we together? Okay. Then, but he's talking to believers here. That if there's something to be afraid of, is that you will not enter into that rest. Verse 2. He now said, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. I can dock here. Amen. Did not profit them. Then it tells us why. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Paraphrase. They didn't act on the things they heard. Amen. Are we together? Means that growth doesn't happen just because you heard something. Growth happens because you acted on what you heard. Amen. Change doesn't just happen because you heard something. Change happens because you responded to what you heard. So when you have people that are in a church or in a group, believers, and everything they are told, they don't do it. You, you don't need to argue. They don't grow. Amen. They only have a lot of information. They've heard that one before. They've heard this one before. They've heard this one before. 
but nothing has moved. Praise God. I remember the story that um, Bishop David told about how he was with his wife and they were in America. And then they met this minister of the gospel and um, they were sitting uh, uh, together. And the man started talking about how he was in a meeting of our robots, how he was in a meeting of missionary men of God that some Bishop Edipo had not even ever met in his life. He read about them. And as he was mentioning the names, maybe obviously to wow them about the meetings he had been to. Bishop now said, and you are still like this? The wife hit him. Shh, don't do the man like that. Said, you are still like this? He said, I read about these people, my life exploded. You met them and you are still like this. Why will you meet people like that and still remain that way? Not being mixed with faith in them that hate it. Amen. Did you get what I'm saying? I know some of you think it's a big thing we're talking about. No, 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 no. Listen, God does not give us complex instructions. No. He, he doesn't give us complex instructions. God doesn't give you complex instructions. He gives you simple instructions. Are you listening to me? Sometimes because they are so simple, that's why you don't even obey them. Now, you see, um, they were talking about, I think it was Kenneth Higgins that mentioned this. It's been a blessing to my life many years. He said that there are, there's something has recognized about people that have received the most from God and grew spiritually. He said, one, they are quick to believe. Two, they are quick to repent. And then they are quick to forgive. Never forget that. Hallelujah. Quick to believe, quick to repent, quick to forgive. That means that the reason why you didn't act on that thing is that you didn't really believe it. Amen. So, we say, okay, praise the Lord. Um, and I said it's simple. Everybody say it's simple. It's simple. We could just say, um, today at the end of, um, before 12 midnight, everybody should spend 30 minutes and pray. The reason why you forgot is because you didn't intend to do it. Someone else has written it down as instruction. Someone has studied an alarm in his phone. Are you understanding me? Say, I must do it. Then he goes and starts praying for 30 minutes. Prays for 30 minutes. He doesn't even know how to pray like you. He's still praying the prayers like, Our Father, who chats in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Our father, that's how he was praying. Are you understanding me? Then you begin to see that his life is making progress. You that knows all the scriptures, but you didn't pray. You are wondering. Are you listening to me? They say, okay, we, um, everybody should come out and we're going to mop the church by so-so time. And when you come, God will bless you. Say, I don't think I will be able to go. And the others are coming. Listen. Everybody say vulnerability. God made man vulnerable so that he himself can change man. Whenever you resist instructions, you see, you become like Pharaoh. Amen. You know what Pharaoh is? You know, the Bible says his heart was hardened. So anything they were saying, he was not willing to yield. Are we together? He was not willing to yield. So you have to be quick to believe. Everybody say quick to believe. Say, quick to repent. Quick to forgive. If you have a problem in those three things, go and fast. Spend some time fasting and dealing with it. Are you understanding me? Stay 
away and deal with it. It's a disease of the soul. Amen. You must address it. Because it will affect you. You know, the biggest revelation for the believer today is that the devil is not your biggest problem. You are your biggest problem. Amen. The devil is not your biggest problem. There are some things that Satan doesn't even know it has happened to you. He heard later, hey, eh, when? <laughs> you understand that? When? Yeah. They snatched my car. Even if they say, eh, who, who did you tell to snatch the car? One day I was saying, no, I didn't plan that I was on my way. <laughs> you know. What happened? Oh, because the Holy Ghost gave an instruction. Everybody, when you go back home, break bread tonight. You say, we break bread in church now. How many times somebody will eat bread? Are you listening to me? The idea of God setting up a local assembly and appointing pastors and having churches and members and believers groups. You are not wiser than God. Amen. No, you are not wiser than God. Glory to God. It's for our blessing. It's for our benefit. And it is God's plan for your growth. God has already made investments for your growth. It's just like there is a pause for people that live in a particular community to go to school, but nobody is drawing from it. Amen. That's how it is. There's a pause, a spiritual pause for your spiritual growth. Hallelujah. You are the one that will draw from it. So, growth does not happen. You know, some people think growth is that laying on of hands on you is not how spiritual growth happens. That is to meet your need. Listen, you must shift your focus from, oh, I just want my needs to be met to growth. When you grow, there are some needs that will not come again. Are you listening to me? There are some needs you will stop having. Let me use natural things to explain what I mean. Okay? This is natural, but it, it, it applies. Um, I've used my dad's car when I was in university. In my second year, I was using my dad's car in school. It was a Peugeot 504. I am the one that understands the car. Anywhere I take it to, I will bring it back. I just had But, and I like the way the car behaves because the day my mom decides that she's not going to use her car, she's going to use that car. Maybe try to, what we say, chancing, you know, try to use the car. She will hang somewhere. It discourages her from using the car. So, <laughs> you understand that? So she has to leave it for me. Okay. But, that car, I opened the bonnet more than the time I opened the door to enter. <laughs> are you understanding me? Are you get what I'm saying? I opened the bonnet more than I opened the door. I was used to that. I was young, you know, still my teenage years about that. I was young, so 
I, it was not a problem for me. Now, then I got another car, I got my first car. Then I got my second car. All those cars were cars that had been used before, alright? What do you call them now? Be, uh, we call them Belgium in Nigeria, okay? Second new cars. Some of them are not second new, they might be third or fourth new. You understand? But they've been used. So I used all those cars. I remember the first time I got a brand new car. I didn't know what, apart from maybe the first day, they were showing me the car. For one year or thereabouts, I never opened the bonnet. And that was new, strange to me. Are you understanding me? Because if I come out, I am aligned to opening the bonnet. Are you understanding me? <laughs> it, it packs the routine. Are you understanding me? As you come out, you calculate the time the car will, will say, he didn't, he didn't talk to me today. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't greet me well today. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Are you understanding me? You calculate that time into your timing to go out. So if you are to go out by eight o'clock, just start by seven. Are you understanding me? You pet the car very well. You understand? Then it's okay, let's go. <laughs> but now I was using a brand new car for the first time. And I didn't have to put in those, some of you, maybe that use older cars, you know that. You put water and you top up oil almost all the time. You check the oil. This first, this brand new car, I didn't even know where the oil gauge was. I didn't know where it was. Every three months or thereabout is to be serviced. I go and drop it for the people. Service it, I get it back. Another three months again, I take it there. The services, I, I, I get it back. Until I gave it away. Now listen to me. It was brand new. The first time we had the tire rupture, I was driving somewhere and um, I, I pierced the tire on a side, uh, a cab by, 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 by the road. So I just got down. That was the first time they were to take off the, the tires. Oh, the jack should be here. The this should be here. The that should be here. It was so difficult to loosen the tires because it was brand new. Everything was just new. Are you understanding me? Now, what I'm, why am I telling you this story? Just because I have grown to the place where I'm using a brand new car, there are some needs. Before now, I must always have oil in my house. Are you understanding me? There must be a gallon of oil somewhere in the house. No, I'm not saying that. In the boots of the car. Are you understanding me? You have all the oil. You have engine oil. You have, you, you must carry it with you everywhere. If possible, you even have small jerry can of water in the, in the boots. Those needs of jerry can of water and oil. When a brand new car came, those needs are gone. Are you listening to me? No more needs for that. I didn't need to buy oil again. I didn't need to have water in the car again. Are we together? Now, what I'm trying to say is this. Spiritually, it is the same. There are some things you need now. And you, you see, it's like that's how life is. No, 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 no. When you grow spiritually, you will discover that you don't need those things. Amen. I call them crutches. Amen. I call them crutches. You are leaning on them from, you know, 
is growth that solves them. It takes them away. And you don't need it again. Am I communicating? Now, if you refuse to grow, you will still have the same needs. I can use another illustration. Now, I know some of you are aged. Are you understanding me? You, you, you don't take. So, Pampas didn't meet you. Amen. <laughs> you understand me? You understand I don't even know if napkin met you. Are you understanding me? Alright. <laughs> but, whatever, whatever it was, they were wrapping you with something. Are you understanding me? As a child, are we together? So that you won't mess up the place. Am I communicating? Now, the need for pampas or napkin ended when you stopped messing up the place. Do you know that it doesn't matter how old you are today, if you are still messing up the place, they will still have to be supplying pampas. Are you understanding me? Are you getting me? They have to constantly supply that. So even as you are in service now, you are on pampas. And in your bag, there's an extra one. When other people just go to the bathroom, you know, and the men stand up and, and, and we, you understand, and, and urinate, you know, you, you have to lie down. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Are you getting? So you need, you don't even just, you don't need a normal toilet, you need, you need a changing room. Are you understanding me? What I'm explaining is that because you are not growing, your needs, they don't reduce, they increase. Alright, you were growing up as a child. They gave you milk, fluid, or um, cereal. Alright? They didn't give you solid food. It's not like as you were just born, they gave you yam. You are as if they gave you yam. <laughs> you imagine that you are two weeks old. Your mother just carried the yam, put your hand and said, chop, chop, chop. <laughs> that way. Yes, and, uh, they, they, they had to give you fluids and all that and all that and all that. Now, you're grown up. You can eat anything. You can chew. Let's assume that your teeth has not grown up till now. So, we are in church and we're all giving fried rice to eat. They'll say, ah, Bring milk for uncle. <laughs> Bring milk for uncle. Uh, are you understanding me? You are calling someone's name, uncle. <laughs> All right. Bring milk for him. Are you understanding me? Then they'll have to get, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, see, the milk, we've not warmed it. Uh, do you, then I ask, who came with warmer? Are you understanding me? <laughs> are you understanding me? You know, why is that so? Because you've not grown. And as long as you've not grown, the needs will remain. But that child that needed milk, maybe when he was um, under nine, nine months, is now three years old. He doesn't need it anymore. Am I communicating? He doesn't need it anymore. What about workers? You know, baby worker. They put a baby in that little baby worker, and the baby is about five or six months, and he pushes himself around, are you understanding me, and pushes himself around the house and has a feel of being able to move faster. Now, by the time the baby is one year old, he doesn't need a worker anymore. 
No matter how beautiful the worker is, he doesn't need anymore. The joy of working, amen, is greater to him than being in that, in that, in that, in that, in that contraption. Are you understanding me? But if he didn't work, eh, one year, two years, three years, but he's still moving, they have to say, ah, he's bigger than this worker. Now let's buy a bigger worker. Are you understanding me? They start going to look at, they say, eh, no, we have the biggest worker we have can only carry like a one and a half year old. Say, can you make a worker for a seven year old? Imagine you as an adult now, you're inside the worker, you're coming to church with a worker. Are you understanding me? And there's, you know, all those kind of things, there's a um, horn somewhere in it, balloon. Are you understanding me? And they bring, you, you get what I'm saying? Just as you are laughing in that natural thing, that's how it's funny in the spirit. That's how awkward it looks in the spirit. That you have been there and you've not grown. For when for the time, back to Hebrews 5.12, you ought to be teachers. You have need that won't teach you again. Amen. By this time, by this time, this is where you're supposed to be. We're following up people that just got born again. Telling them about what it means to be part of a church. What it means to grow. What it means to be part of a cell. You have been in this church eight years. They're still following you up. You know it's important to go for your cell meeting. They're still telling you about cell meeting. You say, they shouldn't tell me. They will tell you if you are not going. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now, you don't need to tell. If somebody already is... Uh, you say, I know it. No, if you know it, you will do it. If you're not doing it, you don't know it. Glory to God. You know you don't know it. Am I communicating? Yeah. Oh, we want to go for evangelism. We're, we're talking. The guy that just got born again last month, we're explaining to him that, you know that now you're born again, you need to share your faith with others that for them to be born again. What about your friends? Have you told them about Jesus? You need to tell them about Jesus. And the guy says, okay, okay. Hey, um, what, what will I tell them? Then you start telling him, tell them Jesus loves them. Tell them he died for their sins. Tell them that if they believe in what Jesus did for them, their sins, they, they will be born again. Their sins are forgiven. And you're telling him what he's supposed to tell them. He's saying thank you. Then they call you and say, when you want to read, give, lead someone to Christ, this is what to tell them. He say, ah, ah. You know when I gave my life to Christ? That was about the time Lord Lugard Don't tell me how to lead souls to Christ. They have to tell you because you are not leading souls to Christ. Are you understanding me? You are not different from the one that doesn't know. Am I communicating? So we have to tell you. And tell you again and again and again. And in the kingdom of God, anything you are not practicing, you should be told again and again and again. Until you start practicing it. Now we'll run through the sevenfold ministry of the believer. I will look at worship. Worship. Now, some believers, the reason they don't, if they come late to church, is they don't even understand what worship is. They think that that's not the main service. When the pastor is talking, that's the main service. As long as I didn't miss when pastor was talking. No, 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 no. It's all part of it. Are you understanding me? It's all part of it. That that responsibility of worshipping God in the company of other believers, because I'll tell you, seven out of ten believers don't do any worship in their house. Singing with uh, um, tape on, it's not even you are worshipping. Because you sing 
You can also sing with the band on. Are you understanding me? Doesn't mean you are worshipping. If a song is going on, there's just a natural tendency to sing along. Are you understanding me? It's not like you set aside time to worship. A song could come up on the radio and you're singing along. So, the church service provides you the opportunity to actually fulfill your ministry to God of worship. Amen. Worship is a, is a ministry toward God. Amen. You say, eh, well, 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 I know. But you don't worship. You never get to worship. And you're wondering why your, your Christian life is like old bones. Are you understanding me? When you do your hand like it's making crack, crack, crack everywhere in your body, you understand that it's stiff. You are spiritually stiff. Why is that so? There's something worship does to the believer's heart. Amen. Are you hearing me? There's something worship does to the heart of the believer. So you start learning to be in that place where you can worship. Oh, no, no, I can't miss the worship time. And you know that this, on Sunday the worship time starts by nine. Oh, I can't miss the worship time. And you're rushing to meet the worship. That's a sign that you understand the value of worship. Amen. Are we together? And the one that is still not spiritually mature is thinking about how to spend a short time in the service. So they say the service is from 9 to 11. He said, let me come 10 so that I will just stay one hour and go. It's, that means you're sitting thinking about yourself. I told you about maturity. Spiritual maturity means that you are no more selfish or self-conscious. Amen. You are now consumed with the love of God. You are now selfless. Amen. Are we together? The greatest measure of spiritual maturity is how much of God's love has dominated your thinking and your actions. Amen. I, I, I was telling some brethren church that are close to me, I was saying to them, I said, see, I don't know how some people do this thing. That's why I, I, I'm surprised for some believers, you know, sir. I, I, I said, I cannot see, it will be difficult for me to see a brother or a sister calling me on phone and I say, I won't pick the call. Are you understanding me? But I'm the pastor. Are you understanding me? Because I'll be thinking, what if this is, what if it is a life and death situation? Are you understanding me? You, you, you could just have spoken to someone a minute ago and the next minute something, an emergency comes up. We've been there several times. What if it was a situation that, um, so, so, and so. That's, that's the kind of thought that becomes, I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about the person calling. Are you understanding me? So it surprises me when the cell leader calls his member and he's looking at the call. And he's not picking. And he's comfortably frying plantain. Are you understanding me? Doing what he's doing. Nothing pricks his conscience. Let me say this to you, you know. There are some people that, maybe you call it old school. Sometimes I see them that ask, are you born again? Are you born again? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> because there are certain things some people do. You wonder, are you saved? Do you understand what it means to be saved? Now don't misunderstand me, I've blocked people. <laughs> 
Are you understanding me? You know, I block people that, you understand that? <laughs> so, recently I even blocked somebody. One guy from one country, you know, who just called me. I told my wife, I said, if this guy calls me again, I'm going to block him. And there are some of you that don't pick your cell leader's call. You would have blocked him the first day. But I had endured him for one year. He first reached out to me July last year. This is April now. Okay, almost a year. He just called. Bizarre time. You understand that? The first time I'm like, ah, so I'm sorry, like, who is this person? Oh, I'm then say, um, I, I just want prayer. I just want to pray for me. I just want to pray for me. Okay. So what should I pray about? It's okay. I'm having pains in my ear. I pray for it. Then we pray. They say, hold on, hold on. One more thing, one more thing. One more thing, one more thing. I also have pains on my leg. Okay, see, can you just tell me everything I'm going to pray for at once? You know. I don't understand me. And that guy can drain you. Even when you finish praying for him, you'll be, you'll be unhappy. <laughs> so I said, I said, don't call me again. Send me a message or whatever problem you want me to sort out. When I'm available, when I see your message, and I don't see people's message and ignore it, I don't do that. If I didn't respond to your message, either I have not had the time to or I have not seen it. So, or I forgot, which is possible. So, I said, when you send me a message, I will respond. We decided to keep calling. I'll just come sometimes, I'll just see like eight missed calls in 30 minutes. I'm like, man, am I with this guy's soul or something? You know. And then you're giving instructions and the person is not, listen, as a pastor, I always tell pastors, don't waste time with somebody that is not following the instructions I give you. And stop praying for those kind of people. It's okay. Tomorrow, um, read Ephesians chapter 1, then come back to me. And person, hey, I've come back. Have you read Ephesians 1? No, I forgot. <laughs> Spend 30 minutes praying and come back and then we'll talk. Did you pray? No, I forgot. When you do that two, three times, the counseling has ended. Because we are wasting, we are not going to achieve anything. Are you understanding me? So that was the case. You give instructions. Um, where, where, where do you worship? Tell your pastor so so and so. This is so 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 so. And then this da da da. And then the person doesn't do it. You're not, the person is not interested in being well. He's just interested in saying, I used to call Pastor TV anytime I want to call him. That's, that's what the person is interested in. Are you listening to me? Now they are, fo- they are put have called me by 2 a.m. I put have called me at 3 a.m. I know that these people will not call me if there's nothing important. Then if you call me anyhow, anyhow, you call me, the day you will not call me that there's something serious, I already know that, you, you know, you don't have sense. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Never abuse access. Did you hear me? Never abuse your access. 
never abuse your access. That you have access, use it. There are great people, very important prominent people that I might have, I have access to. I, I only use it when absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary. But you see somebody saying, eh, Sina, Sina, I'll call him now. He will pick now. He will pick now. He will pick now. <laughs> it's like we're playing. Hallelujah. Are we, are we together? So, I don't understand how believers would do that. I was talking about a phone call is coming. So, when we talk about worship, back to what I was saying. The believer understands the, what worship is. And is eager to come to that place of worship. And to participate in the worship. Because he knows that worship is part of the process for growth. Amen. Say, me, I don't like prayer. Believers that don't like prayer are believers that have not understood what prayer really is. Amen. Alright? And um, as you grow, you will come to a place where you now like prayer. Are we together? And you can't actually grow if you don't like praying. So, if you're always looking for opportunities to dodge when they are praying, you know what you are doing? You are dodging any time. They say, oh, you know, just like, <laughs> there's an opportunity to improve. Then you are running from it. Are you understanding me? That's how it looks. But when you understand, you will take advantage of any opportunity to pray. Oh, we're going to pray today. I'll be there. You won't be the one making demands, asking, when are we going to pray? Can't we pray tomorrow? Can't we pray next week? Amen. Because you understand what prayer is. Hallelujah. Fellowship. Interacting with other believers. Connecting with other believers. It's part of the process of maturity. You know, you think, you say, I will be going to church once in a week. You know, worry and make things very hard for us. So, I know we have to follow worry with some sense. I will go in there once in a week. I bet, let me never say that. Somebody has increased the, what they call that in the history, is it bet Nigeria? Has increased what he, he is betting. But he has reduced his going to church and serving. So are you answering me? Are you seeing foolishness? What does that mean? It means you, 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 the priorities are upside down. Now let me say this to you. You will have challenges. Growth means that when you meet challenges, you take advantage of the challenge to move to the next level. Rather than allowing the challenge to alter 
your lifestyle. Oh. Let's assume that you wake up tomorrow and price of petrol are you understanding me? Before, we used to take 100 naira, it's now 300 naira. Let's assume. The first thing to reduce is not something spiritual. No. Some believers make those kind of mistakes. They make those kind of mistakes. And I'll use an illustration to explain to you. That's why we say, okay, um, I will go to church on Sunday. Then on Tuesday, I won't go for cell meeting. Then on Thursday, I won't be in service. But every other commitment you have, you went for Ohaneze Indigbo meeting. You went for, you understand? <laughs> you went for Kolokuma Union. You went for, are you understanding me? Where's the other one again? Ududua. Listen, you went for all of them. It's only cell meeting and midweek service you decided to cut away. Listen to me. You have actually fallen exactly where Satan wanted you to fall. He has you where he wants you. See, be unpredictable to Satan. Did you hear me? Always unpredictable. When he expects you will turn left, turn right. Don't do the expected. Okay, there's no more transport. You know, there's no more transport. Let him be surprised that you trek to church that day. Listen, listen. I look at some brethren. I, I used to trek. Amen. <laughs> If I didn't trek, we will not be here. There are some meetings that if I didn't walk down to those meetings, I would not have heard the things that changed my life. Are you understanding me? Say, well, I didn't have transport. But there are other places you trek. It says, my friend, your friend called you, um, sent you WhatsApp message. Eh, just come now, just come. He says, love, it's love. You trek. <laughs> down there, you cannot trek to church. Amen. The distance is longer. But you can't trek to church. If there's a place to trek to, it's church. Hear me? Did you hear me? It's church. And so we'll come and then we'll hear God's word. So when economic, especially challenges come up to you, don't allow it alter the things that are beneficial to you spiritually. I hear some people that they say, oh, and because, you know, this, uh, someone said, in our area, you know, this before now, they used to give us light at night and then take it during the day. But now they said taking it at night, so I sleep early. So I'm not be doing my one-hour prayers at night. My brother, do the one-hour prayer. Do it in darkness. Amen? Are you listening to me? Do it in darkness. You might be amazed that the reason why Satan even took the light was to stop the prayer. Are you understanding me? You just send one thing on there. Enter the transformer. <laughs> you guys just go there. Enter. Transformer is gone. Did not check. You pray this night. No. <laughs> you know. You pray this night. Keep the transformer down. Satan's target is not the whole street. You are the only one. Your prayer has been disturbing a lot of things. It has to stop. And some people don't understand these things. So transformer has been down one month, two months. Now, before, spiritually you were like this. Now you're not like this spiritually. You understand that? You're not like this spiritually. <laughs> you have lost every weight spiritually. 
Now your landlord even wants to send you out of that compound because your faith could not even generate money. Are you understanding me? Because you've not been praying. I said, okay, I just said to him, he's going back to the village. Village, back to the village. You'll be amazed. <laughs> back to the village. Where there's no hope for light. <laughs> just stay there. Now you're not angry that you came back to the village. You're not just not praying, now you're angry with God. Are you understanding me? <laughs> he has you exactly where he wants you. Are you listening to me? And a lot of believers step into those kind of things. Now, if they took the power in your area and it was is affecting your prayer, let the prayer continue. Inconvenience yourself, but let the prayer continue. Are you getting what I'm saying? It, that's how you break into the next level. That's that's how maturity happens. You don't just follow every inconvenience. Are you understanding me? Part of spiritual maturity is that it's inconveniencing, but you stay with what you what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, you said um, 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 uh, 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 fellowship every week. I'll be in fellowship. I was talking about fellowship every week. You'll be in fellowship, and then you're going for fellowship. All of a sudden, maybe there's a neighbor that used to help you, drive you, and drop you. And then the neighbor uh, is not available. So I, I won't be able to make it again. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Some people don't know that they are very close to getting their own car. Eh? A car was taking you and dropping you, taking you and dropping you. Then the car is not available again. But you kept, you kept going. Some people don't understand. They were just at the edge for their own car to come. They wouldn't need the person's car again. But you know what? They stopped going. And then the process, God works there's, there's process with God. Everybody say there's process. Now, I wrote something some time ago and many people were um, commenting on it and sharing it. Some, it was last year. I said, if everything God does for us was meant to be instantaneous, there would have been no need for patience as a fruit of the Spirit. For the fact that there is patience as a fruit of the Spirit means that God knows that some things will be slow. Amen. That some things will take time. So, process. Process. Patience, I've given definition of patience several times. Patience is your attitude through the process. The Christ attitude through the process. That's patience. That means, someone that is patient, patience is not, oh, I'm waiting, let them come now. No, that's not patience. Patience is that you are joyful while you are waiting. You are peaceful while you are waiting. That's patience. And patience is a twin to faith. Amen. Are we together? You are joyful and peaceful while you are waiting. Patience is not, hey, when the husband come now? When the husband come? Ah, ah, is he the one? No. Is he the one? Is he the one? Is he the one? No, that's not patience. Patience is that you are at rest. You are joyful. You are at peace while you are waiting. Are we together? So, you don't allow all those things to hinder you where you have issues with uh, um, um, transportation, you have issues, you know, and people always have child. Some people behave like they, they are the first to have the challenge that they have. Please let me tell your neighbor, say, your challenge, you are not the first to have the challenge. No, tell your neighbor very well, say, that challenge you have now, 
You are not the first to have it. No, you're not. A man came, they brought a man for a healing meeting. He was complaining. Oh, put, take me to the front. I'm sick. I'm sick. I saw him. How sick I am. He's going to just start praying for me because I don't think anybody has been sick like this. When they brought him to the meeting, they now kept him beside another man that was sick. When he saw the man, he stretched his hands. They prayed for him. Lord, heal him. Heal him. <laughs> he saw sickness. Are you listening to me? So sometimes some of you think that your challenge is the greatest challenge. Say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Even as I'm talking to you now, I've no idea. I've no idea. I've no idea. As I came now, I've been drinking water from that tap. I've drank like 20 liters now. <sighs> That's how I'm using the strength to talk to you. Pastor, I don't have time. Until they show you someone that says, <laughs> he cannot eat. Amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? <laughs> Are you understanding me? You, you can eat. Is that there's no food? <laughs> but you can eat. <laughs> it's that there's no, you can eat, but there's no food. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Your problem is not the biggest problem in this world. Amen. Now, I'm not trivializing your issues. I'm not saying your problem is not serious. But let me explain something to you. When you start acting like your problem needs an expatriate Holy Spirit. Are you understanding me? To solve it. That's how, that's how some people behave. You understand that? <laughs> when you start behaving like that, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes the problem will be there for a long time. Amen. To be there for a long time. So you learn. To accept that you're not the only one that has the challenge. And that whatever challenge you have, someone has beat it before. Someone has beat it before. Someone say, you know, this period I've been writing exams, so you know, I've not been able to read my Bible, I've not been able to pray, you know, you know, in short, you no, know, I just write my exams. <laughs> Mr. Exam. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, there are ways some people act like when God was making the world, He didn't know some things were going to happen. Like, exam, what's that? And then God is asking, what's that? You know, say, exam is something we do in school. You understand that? You understand that? It was not done then, but now, you know, <laughs> you're explaining to God, it's God explaining to you. It's something we do in school, you know, where we write, you know, we're tested. Our knowledge is tested. God say, okay, is it hard? <laughs> Have you read the scripture that says that he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities? What it means is that there's nothing you are going through that God does not understand. Amen. So when he's telling you or giving you an instruction, he's not giving the instruction like someone, you know how a doctor can be telling you, They want to give you injection. They say it's not painful. It's not painful. 
I, you know, I don't, he's encouraging you. I said, I don't, no, 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 it's not painful. Not painful. Maybe he even wants to do something to you. He has said, I said, no, no, it's not painful. It's not painful. It's not painful. Then you just see the doctor next week. He's doing his own. And his one shouting, ah, don't give me that injection. <laughs> he even crying more than the person that, are you understanding me? <laughs> Praise God. You know, uh, one of our pastors, Fazidelfi, is a medical doctor. Um, so they had an accident in December and they were going through the process and all that. So in the hospital, when I forgot one of the procedures they had to take, she was shouting, you know, they didn't allow them. He said, oh, but you are the one that does the counting to people. <laughs> he said, that was different, that was different. <laughs> Praise God. No, God is not like that. He's not behaving like that doctor. God understands. Amen. Are we together? No, you understand. So if he tells you, go, stand up. Because you can do it, you can stand up. If he tells you, still go to church, he knows you can still go to church. Pray. Say, I'm very tired. Some of you have been there before, where you came back, you know, and you were so tired, you were so tired, you know, just tired. But there was a prompting to pray. And then you just, we just started praying. All of a sudden, strength came. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Now, you didn't know you could pray until you started praying. Is that not so? That's how it is that you don't have transports. You don't even have where the transport will come. But you've made up your mind you'll be there in church. And then you go the first time. You go the second time. You'll be amazed how God will show up. So many things won't happen until you take the first step. Are you listening to me? And I suppose don't understand that. I use the illustration about giving, where um, in, a, in a particular year, I think it was '96 into '97, I was increasing my offerings. I don't remember how much I was giving then. I remember that's twenty naira, so increased to fifty or ten to twenty of them. So I was made up my mind I was going to double my offerings that year. I'm going to give from this amount. And now because it was Jan. Um, we just entered January. I still had money from December, you know. Uh-huh. So, the first service I gave, let's assume it was from 20 naira to 50 naira. I gave the 50 naira. That one I'm saying 50 naira is that everywhere, every time I will give that 50 naira. So, I gave the 50 naira the first time. I had the money to give it. Maybe I was even bringing it out from a pulse of a thousand naira. I gave fifty naira first time. By the second meeting we're having, I gave fifty naira easily. By the third meeting, I didn't even have the former twenty naira I was giving before. Are you understand what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? The former twenty naira I was giving before, I didn't even have it. Now, at that point, the decision you make is what makes you enter the next level or remain where you are. Did you hear what I said? At that point, and many believers come to that point and mess it up. When you're at that point, did everybody's waiting for your decision? Satan is waiting for your decision. God is waiting for your decision. Amen. Because it's a turning point. So I didn't even have the 20 naira I was given before. You know, the thoughts will come, you would have just saved your 20 naira. If you won't give me the 20 naira, at least this, this month will end before the money will fit. Are you understanding? All those thoughts will be coming to your mind. All those thoughts will be coming to your mind. 
But in that place where I didn't have even the 20 naira, I said, my offering, 50 naira. When I get a 100 naira, I will give for this day that I missed and give again. Are you understanding me? It doesn't mean that the next day something miraculous happened. No. It might even be, have been like that for one week plus. Then, out of the blues, you know, it looked like maybe I received 200 naira. And I started counting. I missed the, the other service. I missed the service. I missed the service. I take the 200 naira and I give the four services I missed. Even that one, Satan would just give up. <laughs> you understand that? At that point, it proves that you have made up your mind about this thing. There are many things that have not changed because some of you have not made up your mind. No, you've not. And then, boom! Now, when I did that, it doesn't also mean that the next service, I had overflow. No, I just had 15 error. I gave it. Sometimes, if I remove transport from the offering, it will not be complete. Are you understanding me? So I walk it down, are you understanding me? And give the offering. I made up my mind that that's my new level. There are times where I didn't have it at all. But anytime I have it, I will drop it. Going into the month, maybe by March, April, it was no more difficult. It now became like my normal level. Amen. Are you listening to me? It now became like my normal level. And I, I was doing it. Listen to me. That's what a lot of believers have not understood about giving. If you give, you receive a thousand naira every week. And you give a hundred naira. I'm not talking about your tithe offering, apart from your tithe. You give a hundred naira. After your tithe of a hundred naira, you give another hundred naira. That means 200 naira from that, your 1,000 naira goes for your givings. It's going on for a period of time. Then, you start receiving 1,500. You're still giving 200 naira. You start receiving 2,000 naira. You're still giving 200 naira. You will never experience those breakouts we're talking about. And that's what we see. Increase. There are two ways to increase. Increase as God is increasing you. Are you listening to me? You increase as God is increasing you. But another way to increase is to increase as you want to increase. You didn't hear me well. That is you now deciding, this is what I'm going to be doing. Now, I could teach you about giving because I've lived that way. Amen. I've lived that way for years. I've lived that way for years. I'm not on salary in this ministry. Amen. I've lived that way for years. How to be in faith for finances and stand there. This is what I believe to receive. This is what I believe to receive. Forget all the talk, people talking, oh, giving and no giving, people talking, you know. You just look at people, you know they don't understand what they're talking about. Giving is not just a believer's, a principle for believers. It's a universal law. Amen. The same way gravity. Is gravity for believers? If you're born again and you jump up, you will come down. No, you don't have to be born again to jump up and come down. Every human being, everything you throw up comes down. That's how giving is also. But for the believer, there's a spiritual dimension to it that you can, in faith and by the knowledge of the Spirit, make demands based on what you have done. Amen. Are you understanding me? Yeah. That's the difference. That you can use that energy. You can use it deliberately. 
So, someone say, oh, every day you are praying, you are declaring, ah, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for financial overflow. I thank you for financial overflow. Two things will happen. One, ideas will come. And don't overlook those two things. One, ideas will come on what you can do. The second thing that will happen, the opportunities to give will come. You didn't hear me well. If you don't take those two outlets, levels will not change. Amen. Levels won't change. Your financial circumstances won't change. So you start learning how to break out financially, deliberately. Sometimes the giving is not even convenient. There are some people that since they got born again, if you be born again, I tell I told someone, I said you've been born again three more than three years, and the Holy Ghost has never instructed you to give sacrificially, you are not listening to God. Because likely he's telling you, I am not hearing. Amen. What does it mean sacrificially? Let me explain what I mean. It's the value you place on the sacrifice of Jesus. The value you place on God's love that makes you know that there's nothing too big to give to him. Are you understanding me? There's nothing too big to give to him. Somebody was telling me today, said, I'm believing God for the so-so and so. And I just did this job. And I'm in faith for this. What the Lord laid on my heart is that everything I got from this job, I should give it to you. I'm like, okay. I know the Spirit of God says those kind of things. Amen. But there are some people that have never, ever given their all. Even there are some. Amen. <laughs> there are some. God is still looking. He's still in faith, expecting it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. They, they've never given their all. Listen, there is no year that passes that we don't stretch to give like that. Are you understanding me? The first one million they gave to me last year, I sent it out. Someone said to me, I sent it out. And we, I needed the money. The first, was, was 2016 or 17, between January and March, I emptied my accounts four times. And when I talk about empty, I'm not talking about emptying 24,000 naira accounts. Four times. Are you listening to me? We were stretching for certain things. So, you start learning how that's all those things I'm talking about are part of spiritual growth. Amen. They're part of spiritual growth. You see, eh? A child has a teddy bear. You know? Maybe most, mostly are female children that have teddy bears. Maybe when she was two years old, three years old, it was the best thing in her life. Then she gets to 15 or 16 and then they buy her a phone and she keeps the teddy bear aside. Putting the teddy bear aside, she can even give it to her younger one. It means that she has outgrown it. Amen. She's, she can do without it now because she's, her heart is set on something of higher value. Anytime you give, you are saying, I have something of higher value in my life than this thing I'm giving away. Amen. When someone, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but let me just stay here a bit. If 1,000 naira is all you have in your account, and someone has 1 million naira in his account, and that's all he has, 
and he, you give a 1,000 and the person gives 1 million. It's not the same thing. <laughs> Amen. Don't say, it's my all, it's my all. No, it's not the same thing. People that talk like that is the same thing because they've never had a million. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. No, it's not the same thing. God, even God knows it's not the same thing. Your all 1,000 is not the same as someone's 10 million all. It's not the same thing. 10 million is 10 million. Are you listening to me? It's not the same thing. It takes a stronger conviction for someone to give away 10 million that is his all than for someone to give away 1,000 that is all. Listen, someone that doesn't have anything eh? and then he gets 500 naira and gives it away. It's not a big sacrifice because he has been living without anything. He's hungry more than the times he ate. Are you understanding me? He's already used to that. And I'm not talking on anybody. I want you to understand this clearly. It's different from someone that is used to always having the balance in his account is 11 million and above. And then one day the Holy Ghost says, that balance in your account, so it's. And he, for two, three years, he has never had less than 11 million in his account. Then he gives it away. And for four months, he doesn't have up to one million in his account. That's sacrifice. It takes a strong conviction to do that. Do you know why some people don't give? They are in fear. It's fear that will never allow them give. They're afraid. What will happen if I don't? See, money, they have more faith in money than in the scripture. I am with you always. No, money is with me always. They believe in money more than they believe in the scripture. Let me show you scripture. First Timothy chapter 6. Um, let's look at verse... I don't know where I should start from. Um, 12. Let me show you this. Maybe this will be my last scripture. Um, go up a bit. Show me 10. Let me see. I don't have to read everything. Okay. Let's start from here. He said, for the love of money. The love of money is not committed more by the rich man. No. Equally, the rich man can commit the sin of the love of money. And the poor man too. The one that's always sitting there and saying, Money good oh. Money is the same thing. Are you understanding me? The love of money is the root of all evil. Which some, which while some coveted after, they have heard from the faith. Now, you are here. You started a new company. Since then, you've not come for midweek service. This scripture is for you. Amen. You have heard, oh. Yeah, that's what it is. He said, they've converted after. I must make it. I must, what's that English? I blow. I must blow. I must blow. I must blow. I must blow. You have no more praying in tongues. I must blow. You no more fasting. I must blow. You no more attend services. On Thursday service going on now, you are writing quotation. Your Bible has become a complimentary card jacket. The only time you open is when you are looking for some, a card. He said, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And when you get to that place, there will be so many sorrows, so many anxieties. Someone's telling me, I've not been able to sleep. I've not been able to How will you sleep? How will you sleep? How? Just wake up at night. 
That guy has not paid me that money. If they don't pay me, I will do something to somebody. <laughs> you are not well again. Amen. We are singing in church. Everybody just worshiping, worshiping. You are there. 21, 22. No, minus 18, 16. <laughs> in church. Verse 11. Let me show you this. It said, But O thou, thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Keep going. Uh, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Where with thou art also called and are professed a good profession before many witnesses. Next. Uh, I'm looking for trust in the God. Uh, 17, Abi. Thank you. Charge them that are rich in this world. Did you get that? That they be what? High minded. You know what high minded means? The money has entered their head. Amen. Then he says, but that's another part. Second part says, not trust in uncertain. He called it uncertain. Unsure wealth. Uncertain riches. So they trust in uncertain. The reason why the person is walking the way he's walking is because of the money is in his account. Amen. Are we together? He's at night. He's in the house. If he wants to sleep well, he just checks his account balance. <laughs> he just checks account balance. Then he just sleeps. <laughs> yeah, no, no. His trust is in uncertain riches. If you just hear that, hey, you didn't hear what happened to uh, UBA? He said, UBA is my banker. <laughs> You've not seen people that pray for their bank more than they pray for their church. <laughs> Amen. Because their money is there. So, what the scripture is saying is that the reason why a man cannot give away his money is that he trusts in the money more than he trusts in God. Hallelujah. Giving is part of spiritual maturity. Amen. Yeah. It's part of spiritual maturity. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded.